Women Taking the Lead, Episode 72. So if you can learn how to upgrade your life with simple, simple tricks, then your life becomes so much more uh, fulfilling. You, you know, you start to make more money, you start to be happier, you start to have a better relations, you start having sex, you start like everything gets better. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Lane Kennedy, who is a life liberator and business igniter for go-getting kick-ass women who are ready to think bigger and get noticed. She's been a serial entrepreneur, turned a startup into a legit business that brought in over a million dollars in sales in less than 18 months, spun rough sketches of lingerie into a booming business where thousands of garments were being shipped every year. She's gone off the grid to work for a nonprofit in Bangkok, creating a program that served to empower women across the country to get them off the streets. She is a proclaimed foodie, mama, fiction writer, recovering fashion model, biohacking freak, and Beatles lover. I love that. (laughs) And she can't live without yoga, meditation, prayer, music, and cheese. I'm sure there are plenty of people who are going to really relate to you, Lane. And the longest relationship she's had is with her dog, Jackson, who is 13 years and counting. All right, Lane, that's a little bit for everybody. So tell about, tell us more about you and your personal background. Me and my personal background. Well, that's a good, that's a good introduction. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks, Jody, for having me. Uh, I, I always like to really talk about the pivotal, a pivotal moment uh, that happened six years ago. And that was the birth of my son. Uh, it was traumatic and life-changing. And I bring that up because I, uh, for 25 years of my life, I was super ambitious. I, you know, have been an entrepreneur. I was always hustling. I was always making more money than my parents and my family and just go, 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 go. And the doctors, I have suffered uh, from various autoimmune disorders over the last 20 years. And so the doctors had always told me, you know, Lane, you will never have a kid. You can't do that. Your body's not made to do it. So, you know, live your life to the fullest. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So that really left the door open for me to explore entrepreneurism and to be, I guess, successful some would call my life successful in that regard of like building companies and making money and being able to travel wherever I wanted to. But like I said, six years ago, uh, (laughs) you pee on a stick and you get that information. You're like, how did that happen? And lo and behold, you know, I gave birth and my life completely transformed. Uh, and now I, uh, have my son, we just celebrated six years. And I, first off, I always like to say that I'm a mom because I never thought that that was a possibility. And secondly, then I lead in with, you know, I'm a coach, I'm a entrepreneur. I help people. (laughs) So I'd like to put that out there very clearly. Uh, and I think, you know, I wasn't prepared at all. 
at all for what the journey has brought me. And it's been extremely challenging for me because I was so uh, ambitious and driven by business that when my child came on board with me, uh, you know, the isolation, the lack of focus, the inability to go out and do what I wanted to do, the jet set lifestyle uh, was just uh, tore me apart, just totally tore me apart limb by limb. Oh my gosh, Lane. I, I know women who have been thinking about becoming mothers like all their life mm-hmm. and yeah. they give birth and they're shocked <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with all of the changes that occur when the baby comes along. I can't even imagine for you, you ha- must have had like, what, six, seven months to mentally prepare yourself for something that you were told was never going to happen. Yeah, that, that's such a good point right there. Like, that's it. Like I had those nine months to prepare And that's obviously not enough at all. No, because during that time, too, your body's hijacked and your hormones are going crazy, too. So it's really like mentally preparing yourself right now. Yeah, no, it was it was a really crazy time. And and even side note to that, Jodi, is I was never I was never the little girl who like had the little baby stroller or like you know, babies or anything like I was the girl playing out in the dirt and riding bicycles and climbing trees. And like, I just had a different, I was different. Let's just put it that way. I was just different. And so when the doctor told me that I would never have a child, I was like, okay, well that's no big deal. Cause I'm not that girl anyway. But then to have that happen, I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. I was told that I was never going to have a child. This is a miracle. Right. And then to have myself just be ripped apart was crazy, <laughs> crazy. It was exciting and nerve wracking all in the same, you know, like it's just been eye opening. Yeah. I was in the delivery room when my youngest sister gave birth to her son and stayed with her for the next day and a half or so in the hospital. Mm. So I know what you're talking about. Mm. It's nobody prepares you for that. Yeah. No, nobody. It was shocking to me. Like she, I had to help her out of bed so she could walk to the bathroom. I'm like, wait, why are people talking about this? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was eye opening for sure. And my goodness, how much, how your life must've changed. It completely changed. Yeah. It completely changed, uh, because I'm an entrepreneur and because I've, that's all I've known to do. Right. Uh, 18 months into his life, I was in another startup, you know, at the drill working 16 hours a day, you know, mm-hmm. leading a company, making it happen. And, you know, what, 16 months after that, I was like, I cannot do this, you know, and that was a really a big turning point in my career of making a decision that I would not be able to uh, be in that startup life anymore. Like I had to take a break from the startup life that I wasn't capable of being a mother and a startup like serial entrepreneur expert. And that was so humbling. And so uh, to swallow that was just, it was horrible. (laughs) It was just like, like I had to change, my whole person changed. 
Yes. And, you know, sometimes people listening to this show will reach out to me because some of the women I have had on have done so many amazing things that they're like, well, I, you know, listening, it's really great for them, but I feel like, why aren't I doing more? And, you know, what I'd be curious about is like, what kind of support are they getting? And so when I reach out to these guests and I'm like, hey, people are curious, you know, you've done all these great things. What support did you have? What they come back with is like this incredible supportive support system Mm -hmm. in their life Mm -hmm. that helps them to make it happen. Like nobody's out there doing it alone, being Wonder Woman. No, like no, nobody's doing that. No, not, not at all. I mean, at the time, I mean, I've always had help. I'm not, I am not the believer of I can do it all, but in that regard, but having the mental space to delegate, to overview, like to have the big strategy plan, right? I didn't have the the bandwidth to manage it all, manage a staff, right? So I had all that, the care, I had the nanny, I had like, I had all that. But it was more of an inside, like, wow, this is a total game changer. (laughs) This is like, beyond what building a company is. This is beyond writing a book. This is beyond eating bugs, finding bugs and eating them. This is beyond. (laughs) Yeah. I know there's many women listening to you talk who are feeling like gratified, (laughs) validated, like, okay, this is hard. I remember when I... One of my friend's moms, after I ran a marathon, was like, came up to me. She's like, good for you. Good for you. That's so great. I could never do that. I'm like, you had a child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, that's bigger than running a marathon. And you raised two great kids who are functioning citizens. That's amazing. And she's like, you're right. I never looked at it that way. Yeah. I'll take running a marathon any day. (laughs) I mean, my whole perspective has completely changed now. If you're a mom out there in the world, like you're a hero, period. Like you've done more than most people on this planet can do. Like, and I never had that kind of thinking before, Jody, at all. Like that was not in my vocabulary to think that moms were awesome. (laughs) Like (laughs) wasn't in me, but now like just a huge huge shift. And I just applaud every single mother out there. And one of the things that I I love the most is like, when I see this is so off tangent, I'm sorry. But when I see a mother uh, in a store, and she's having that moment with her kid, and she has a a tone about her, and her son or daughter's not listening. And I'm like, that's right, you just do your business, mama, you take that (laughs) child, you tell them where they need to do what they need to do. Right? You, You do it your way. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that because I don't have kids. Right. And I just turned 40 last year. Mm -hmm. But I definitely because I have close relationships with my friends and my sisters who do have kids Mm -hmm. and I see it. I see the day to day struggles. I'm in their households. I I know what's going on. And there have been many times where I've just kind of like stood in the corner and watched and looked at them. And like we make eye contact and I'm like, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I, I, you are amazing. You are amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's a big job. It is a big job. All right, Lane. Now it's hard to imagine after everything we've said that you might've ever had a playing small moment in your life, but if you've had one, what is the story of that? And what were the lessons you learned? Yeah. So I, I really had this moment of 
uh, one of the companies that the company that I brought to a million dollars rapidly, uh, the investor, one of the investors telling me to sit down that he didn't want to hear from me. He didn't want to hear the strategy that I was using to, to, to bring in the money that I was bringing in and how to be ethical in his company. And, you know, it was one of those moments that I was sitting at the board table with, with everybody else, with other people in the company. And it, it was like, it was like everything froze and all the eyeballs looked at me of like, what is she going to do? And I looked at him and I said, excuse me. And he said it again. And I just stared at him. And then I sat down and I realized at that moment that A, I had little time left in that company, but B, that I had just become a statistic that I could not go up against him. And I had heard about this. I had heard about like women, you know, get reaching that glass ceiling. I had heard about, you know, women going into VC offices and having a hard time but I had never experienced it. And so when that happened to me, I was like, oh my God. It's like it was again, out of body experience. This is happening to me, what? Yes. And I just sat down and it was so humiliating and having my, my staff look at me, right? And having the CEO look at me, I was just like, oh. And from that moment, I knew, okay, A, I don't have that much time left in this company. But after that, I was like, Anytime I have a moment with a woman or a CEO, because I work with uh, executives, in sharing with them, A, my experience, but B, teaching them how to stand up against that. You know, how do you stand up against that figure that tells you no? And a lot of it comes from having the inner strength to say, I think you're wrong, or I, I believe in myself. Because what happened to me in that moment is I was just like, oh, I lost my confidence. Mm. And for me, if you knew me personally, you would be like, what? You what? How's that possible? But having the eyeballs and the stress in that tiny granular moment, I lost it. So a lot of what I do now is really work on that, uh, the confidence and what it takes to go up against that. <laughs> You know, that just brings to mind some moments I've had in my life, too, where you just in your head, you're you're asking, is this happening? Yeah. yeah. Is this what? Yeah. Like, am I living this moment or is this like a dream? Like, yeah. yes. And I think, you know, you're absolutely right that in those moments, even if you're ultimately not going to get what you want, but speaking up and de demanding to be heard, mm -hmm. you can you can walk out of that room with your head held high. Yes. You know, because sometimes people aren't going to listen. They're just so stubborn. They just they they can't they've made up their mind and they, they've shut themselves off. But sometimes just are in speaking our truth and putting it out there anyway. That lets us go on to the next moment feeling confident. Yeah. It, I, it, what I did after that moment is I sat down because I didn't want to make a scene. Right. That's a very typical female thing. Don't make a scene. Play nice. I played that card and then afterwards I went into the CEO and I had a conversation with him and I said, this is not going to happen. 
and I'm not going to be here much longer. And being able to voice that made a difference. Yeah. And it didn't feel good, but I knew that if I wasn't heard, then I'd be walking out with my tail between my legs and being Mm -hmm. stomped on. Yeah. Right. But it's that, that really important part of, of being heard is key to moving forward, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and what you were saying, the whole like playing, you know, sitting down, you know, like what came up for me in that moment is like, because constantly what goes through my head in moments like that, not that this happens all the time, but there are definitely moments where you're challenged and you're challenged publicly. Mm-hmm. And my, what goes through my head is don't make people uncomfortable. Right. That's it. Right. Right. Like, let's t- do this outside, do this at another mm-hmm. time. And yes, sometimes that's appropriate is to, you know, quote unquote, take it offline or have a private conversation. But sometimes it needs to be addressed right there in the moment mm-hmm. in front of everybody. And what can stop me sometimes is I'm going to make people uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, clean. So this brings back memories. Yes. <sighs> All right. Now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. I think my wake up call was God, I've had many, honestly, but the most recent was taking an exit from the lingerie company of looking at myself in the mirror, my eyes were sunk into my head. My phone never left my hand. I was on email. I was up every night on email, working with a factory in China until, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night, trying to still breastfeed my baby, you know, my child. Uh, it was just mayhem working, you know, 16 hour days and not being present in my life, not being in my body, not feeling awake, just being so focused on making sure that the lingerie company was up and running and everything was on time and on target and having, just looking at myself in the mirror going, who the heck, what happened to you? It was like, I I, I was like age 10 years, you know, I was like, I don't even look the same. And I literally called my partner the next day and said, I'm done. And it was devastating because A, I had spent so much time in the company. You know, I had invested in the company. I love lingerie. Like fashion's been my background. It's like the, you know, like a bone in my body. Um, And to say that I needed to take an exit was just so like a wake up. It was a, it was a wake up call of like, I've got to do things differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling well. I was constantly sick at that time. Uh, the doctors were like, what's wrong with you? This isn't, you know, nothing makes sense. And honestly, what was wrong with me is that I had adrenal fatigue, totally overworked, overburdened system. And there was no meditation in my life at that time. Like mm-hmm. I was just, all I could see was lingerie, like <laughs> lingerie and a dollar sign. And it was, uh, just, I need a change. Yeah. Yeah. 
And those aren't things that are big enough to, to, to keep you going or to even remind you of what's really important. It's so interesting. As you were sharing that story, I'm reading the line in your bio. She can't live without yoga, meditation, Mm -hmm. prayer, music, and cheese, all things that bring you back into your body. Yeah. Which is really interesting. So it's like you really put some structures in your life now that remind you to just take a time out, center yep. and get back into your body. I have to. I mean, now yeah. it's it's no matter what. Mm-hmm. No matter what, I have to wake up 20 minutes before everybody else in the household. <laughs> no matter what. Right? Yes. Like, no matter what. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, you know, back to eyeballs sunk into the back of my head. You know, I look like I'm six years old. No, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Yeah. It's I hear that from a lot of people who are very go, 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 that they have to have practices in place during their day where they can meditate Mm -hmm. or read, get away from people, be by themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, to maintain that level of energy because they're naturally that energetic. I mean, just talking to you and hearing your story, I know you're somebody who already has a lot of energy, but that energy, and I I tend to be that type of person too. I have a lot of energy, but that energy can work against, it doesn't mean my body's not becoming fatigued just because I have a lot of energy Mm -hmm. running through my body. And if I'm not mindful of that, that energy can burn me out. Yeah. And so, so key to stay mindful of that. (laughs) All right, Lane. What I want everyone to get is there's no way one way to lead. Now, clearly, every every guest I've asked has answered it slightly differently, which validates my point that Mm -hmm. because of our different strengths and perspectives and backgrounds, we we do it differently. So how would you describe your leadership style? I let people go. I let people do what they need to do. I don't micromanage. Uh, I give them full full power to execute how they're going to. I give them a lot of rope. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have three people on my team and after the first week and getting to know each other, they have all the power to do what they're going to do. And when and if they make a mistake, we talk about it. Uh, we find out the solution on how to make it better or different so they don't do it again if they do it again I give them a warning if they do it a third time they already know that they're no longer working for me and so far so good I've been working with my team now for a couple of years uh, and they're fantastic Uh, in my other companies it's been pretty much the same. I really feel that giving people the power, you know, to do what they're going to do uh, allows better execution, uh, more creativity, uh, a feeling of ownership of the company. And I feel like that's so important in how you lead people. You know, you let them create what they need to to improve upon the company, which makes for a win, I think, all the way, all the way around. Mm, absolutely. And it's key to identify the right, the people who are the right fit for the culture of your company, because yeah. your company is all about being self-starting and creative and innovative and that sort of thing. So somebody who needs a lot of handholding is not, that's not a good fit that for you. Never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would never, ever work in my company. 
And I'm right. clear about that. Yeah. And I think sometimes people can like get judgmental about like it can go either way about like the company or the company towards the employee when Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just recognizing like, okay, this isn't a good fit. And the sooner you figure that out, the better. Mm -hmm. Like let's everyone name it and move on. Like do what we have to do, you know, find other employment or find somebody else, you know, and I, I see so many people suffer trying to make it work Mm -hmm. on both sides. And it's so not good for either one. So that's huge. And Lane, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Oh God, there's so many things, Jody. Come on. <laughs> I know. I, all right, two. Okay. So, so on, on the second draft of a book that I've been writing this year. So that's really exciting. Um, hoping that that'll come out at the end of the year on uh, finding your North Star. So that's really important. And th- the other thing that I'm really passionate about is um, upgrading your lifestyle. So I'm working on a project right now called The Upgraded Woman, where we look at how to improve your life. And that's everything from, you know, what you're eating to how you're exercising to uh, how you manage your time, right? So anything that you can uh, do to kind of upgrade your life uh, is what I'm working on right now in The Upgraded Woman, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. And Lane, if you don't mind me asking you, what is one thing that you see that, you know, kind of holds women back from, you know, moving forward with that upgraded lifestyle? What I, what I hear is time. I I don't have enough time. And what I say is how can you not have the time to improve your life? Like that's not an excuse. And they'll say, well, I have two kids. I have a husband. And I'll say, okay, so do you have 20 minutes? No, I don't have 20 minutes. And I'll say, do you have 10 minutes? No, I don't have 10 minutes. I say, okay, are you sitting on the toilet at least twice or three times a day? That's your time. That's where we're going to start. And once they have that, oh, that's how easy it is. Mm -hmm. Then we've unlocked something. Then we can start upgrading so it's just kind of re it's not, it's like training the brain to think a little bit differently mm-hmm. because we're so trained now. I mean, we, we haven't always had an iPhone, right? <laughs> we always, we haven't always had the cell phone uh, attached to us. We had to learn how to do that. So if you can learn how to upgrade your life with simple, simple tricks, then your life becomes so much more uh, fulfilling you, you know, you start to make more money, you start to be happier, you start to have a better relations, you start having sex, you start like, everything gets better. Mm-hmm. That's key. That's interesting to know. I'll definitely be interested when your book comes out. So definitely let me know. Because to hear that it doesn't, it doesn't have to take that much time, because you know, time is, it's, it's becoming that thing, mm-hmm. right, yep. that we're all just kind of roll our eyes at. And I have a friend who's like, I'm so sick of hearing people say they don't have time. It's not that they don't have time. It's just it's not a priority. Exactly. To them. But I know, I know how you feel on this. It breaks your heart when you hear women say, I don't have time to improve my life. right I don't I don't have time for this right now and I have a friend who does um career coaching and she had an event and she was talking to this woman who self-described 
you know, her job and her life is like her job was miserable. Mm -hmm. And then when she said, okay, this event is happening at this time, she's like, oh, I can't make it that day. Are you doing it again next year? And my friend was like, are you really going to put this off a year? (laughs) Really? It was just priorities. But sometimes they're like priorities that are out of whack. Yep. Like that don't honor our values. That's it. don't move us forward. So yeah, sometimes it's a two minute conversation to get somebody realizing like, you're ultimately not getting what you want, because you're, you're, you're honoring society's values, not your own. That's it right there. (laughs) (laughs) Huge. All right. All right, Lane. So yes, please tell us when this book is out. I'm, I'm going to buy that. So uh, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us what is one practice that helps to make you a better leader? Uh, I use Slack. That's easy. Ah, and, and I've dabbled with Slack, but the thing I, I have a hard time with is just keeping it open. Is that, the, is that the trick? Is it just like opening it up and keeping it open? Yeah. yeah. I, I never okay. close mine. Why would I? Yeah. Like Slack. Okay. Because, you know, and part of it with me for Slack is I'm only one group that I'm in is using Slack. So it's like I, I, I went in and, you know, interacted with people in like a forum style. But then when I shut it down, it was like three days later, I was like, huh, I wonder what's going on with that. So the key, obviously, for me is to just open it up, yeah. keep it open, have reminders. Okay, keep it open and put everything in there. Get out of email. Oh, I don't, I'm not even in my inbox anymore. Or with my, my, my team or with my other groups that I'm in. It's just awesome. all in Slack. And it just makes it so much easier to facilitate conversations. Because I think being a leader, you have to be able to facilitate a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And for people who hurt, you know, like me, my Gmail, like my personal and business emails all flow through there. Mm-hmm. So it can, it can get very convoluted. But if you shut down your email, and you're just in Slack, you're work focused yep. for however much time you just want to stay work focused. That's it. Ah, key. <laughs> all right. What is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? So I love Bill McGowan's Pitch Perfect. And he, it's a very simple read about uh, telling telling it how it is, you know, like anything that you want to talk about. Uh, he's kind of made it super easy to say it right the first time. So Bill McGowan's Pitch Perfect. Okay. okay. Saying it right the first time. Yeah. Like that. And what advice would you give your younger self? To take it slowly. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, that is an answer that I've been hearing since I changed. I changed up this question a little bit, uh-huh. and more and more and more, it went. It went from you know very um, grandiose answers to something very basic. Mm-hmm. Like, Move slowly. Don't be so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Things like that. I love that. All right, Lane, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. To just be. I feel like we're so do, 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 do that we have forgotten how to be. And sometimes it's enough just to sit down and be quiet and listen. You know, sometimes it's enough to just 
be on a walk. You know, sometimes it's just enough to be cooking in the kitchen and exploring the spice cabinet. Right. So I think there's this this thing about we have to get so much done and we have to do this and we have to achieve. So when we're just being in the moment and experiencing, there's a, a sense of fulfillment that occurs. So mm-hmm. be. I love that. I actually um, do you get like, have you heard of the notes from the universe from Mike Dooley? I feel like that's old. Yeah. Yeah, it's been around for a long time, but actually the one that came out this morning, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's so perfect that you're talking about this today because it said, you know, if you're hurried, it means you're worried. And if and if you're worried, it means there's fear. And if there's fear, you've forgotten that you've got it all handled. That's right. So what you're saying is like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting this from two different places today. I'm going to have to pay attention. There you go. (laughs) All right, Lane. Lastly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Uh, Twitter is always good at Lane Kennedy on Twitter. You can always find me at my web, uh, the website at lanekennedy.com or the Game Changer Society. Super easy. Lanekennedy.com. You just look me up. I'm there. (laughs) <laughs> you can Google you yeah, and they're going to find you. Yes. And for those listening, you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. And Lane, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much, Jody. It's so great to be here. Thanks. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.